welcome back to another episode of Car Care for the Clueless, coming to you via webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Pam Oaks, and we have these little chats to discuss not how to repair your car in the driveway or your garage, but how to have your car properly repaired, preferably by an ASC certified technician, like myself. On this week's show, we're going to be discussing tires. If you get a flat, you've run over a nail, you've run over a screw, a bolt, and you have to have your tire repaired, should it be patched or plugged? And that's the question we're going to ask my dad, Jerry Oaks, a 45-year-plus veteran in the automotive industry, what the best solution is for you. Also, we're going to be answering an email writer And he's inquiring about, he thought he had a specific issue with his brakes and it turned out to be something else. Of course, we're going to have Peter Sudak, our gadget guru, back with an economically priced summer gadget for your vehicle. I know there's only a few weeks left for summer vacation before our Labor Day weekend hits, but we still have some driving to do out there, folks, and Peter wants to make sure that you're prepared. Also, we're going to have our trouble service bulletins. Again, this is where we let you know whether there's a recall or a bulletin regarding your car. And you know, you never know when you purchase a used car if there's still bulletins out on it or recalls out on it. Just because you have it and the vehicle identification number is in your name and address doesn't mean that you will be notified. Sometimes these records aren't updated properly or as quickly as they should be and you miss out on all these. I'll give you an example. A customer got a domestic vehicle recently and the vehicle is five years old. We went through, we checked all the bulletins, all the recalls, and not one recall was satisfied on this car. The car is a 2007, and these bulletins are between a year to three years in the past. So it's important to keep up on these, and hopefully this will help you maintain your car properly if you hear your maker model in one of these bulletins. The whole idea behind this is we want to make you a savvy car care consumer. That's all it is. We want to have you as an educated driver, an educated car owner. This is all based on my book, Car Care for the Clueless, or how you can make money while maintaining your vehicle. Nothing wrong with that, folks. Nothing wrong with keeping money in your pocket, keeping money in your wallet, keeping money in your bank, while still driving a perfectly safe vehicle. And speaking about driving down the road, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Jasper Engine and Transmissions, 100% associate-owned. Jasper Engines and Transmissions. I use them in my customers' vehicles. I know they're very reliable. I've been using them for years and years and years. And each time I put one in my customers' vehicles, I can always say they have a three-year or 100,000-mile nationwide warranty And that warranty is also transferable if they happen to sell their car. Remember Jasper Engines and Transmissions, 100% associate-owned. Now let's get on with our first topic, which we're going to get a hold of my dad, and we're going to talk about whether to patch or plug your tire the next time you have a flat. Hi, Dad. This is Pam. How are you doing? Hi, honey. We're doing fine up here. Weather's nice. Good. Good. Glad to hear that. reason why I called is because we've been talking about all the people coming in and they're asking for plugs versus patches when they get a nail or a screw or an object in their tire. And we've been telling them that patching is the proper procedure to have the tire fixed. Absolutely. You don't want to put plugs in tires. That creates problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you plug a tire pan, especially a fairly decent tire, you don't want to plug it because what will happen somewhere down the road, 
wiggles around in a tire a tiny bit, and you could have another flat, or you could create a slight separation starting by the air seeping into the casing of the tire. And once that procedure starts, you're done for the simple reason you've created a separation, the tire will definitely fail sometime down the road. Because when it fails, it could blow out without a failure. Oh, yeah, and definitely will blow out. I don't know if it's the cost because it's not cost prohibitive. It's under $20 to have a patch. At least it should be. They don't have to rebalance anything or put a new valve stem or anything like that in, you know, for a patch. People just don't realize the safety factor in it. You know, they don't realize that after it's been patched, like you were talking before, if it's a high-performance tire. Well, the, the thing is, the patch is you cover the hole from the inside so no air can seep into the casing. Mm-hmm. You think when you take a plug and put a plug in it, there's always a chance you might not quite catch the hole correctly. Mm-hmm. That's a big problem because you sometimes you can't follow which way the nail or screw went in because it's gone. Somehow it came out. Right. The other reason is, like I said it before, is the problem of the tire separating. There's a much higher chance of the tire separating with a plug in it. There's almost zero chance of a separation with a patch in it. Patch is a permanent fail. And if the tire fails at 60, 70 miles an hour, if the tire starts bumping a little bit and it gives a separation in it, that could be dangerous. Any tire that blows out over 40 miles an hour, even 35 miles an hour, could be dangerous. They definitely don't want to tell the customer to plug it or has them that they ask to have a plug. Explain the reason why they should patch the tire. And the other thing the customer should also be aware of, once the tire has had a nail or screw or something put through it, mm-hmm. the manufacturer warranty is no longer valid on that particular tire. So they want to protect that tire as much as they can because if that tire fails with a, with a patch or a plug in it, there's no warranty on the tire. Exactly. Much, 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 much higher chance of that tire failing with a plug in it than with a patch in it. Exactly. And not to mention that you lose your speed rating. Right, you lose your speed rating, that's correct. That's yeah. the danger part of it all, so you lose your speed rating in a tire. Yeah, like... like, like a, pardon me? I was going to just say, like that time that you had that unfortunate incident where a nail or a bolt went through your tire a year ago, and they had to patch it, and you lost your speed rating. It was a Z-rated tire, yeah, the high-speed tire. I lost my speed rating. The Z-rated for 150 mile an hour plus, and unfortunately I don't drive that fast. So the speed rating is important, but it's not very important for the type of driving I do. But some people do drive extremely fast. And if they have a tire that has to be repaired, you got to remember that they've lost the speed rating on that particular tire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not to mention that, even though when it's time to replace that tire, you still have to have the speed rating that's required on the inside of the door panel there. No, absolutely. You never put a tire on a vehicle that the speed rating is not high enough for the vehicle itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same thing for loads. You don't put a tire on an SUV truck that could possibly take a load of two or 3,000 pounds and it has a special load rating on that particular tire. And if somebody goes ahead and puts a tire on it that can't carry that load, um, that's very dangerous for the simple reason a customer, I remember I had a customer once, he had a truck, a van, and the truck hauled for extra load tires. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to put the extra load tires on the vehicle. He says, I never carry any load, so it's not important that I do that. We tried to explain to the gentleman the importance of the extra load, and one of the most important things about the extra load is that for some reason he would sell that fuel in the next three, six, nine months. And a customer that bought it was going to be like a plumber or something, use that van as plumbing. And he, he didn't realize 
he didn't have the right load tires on his vehicle, he'd overload that vehicle and have a dangerous situation because the tire would blow up in the overload. Oh, yeah. Always have to stay with the speed ratings that the car calls for or better, and the same thing as the load ratings that the vehicle calls for or better, but not less. Mm-hmm. You know, we even had one in, what, about a week ago, and they put a hole right through the sidewall. Well, you know, you're watching where you're driving, not what you're driving over. It was actually a little piece of wood. It was really bizarre. It went right through the sidewall, and he wanted us to patch that, and we, of course you can't on the sidewall. You know, people don't realize that. Was that a back tire by chance? Yes, it was, actually. Pardon me? Yeah. Yeah, well, it was. The reason that happens so much like that, a piece of wood, people say, how can a piece of wood come through my tire or something like that? Uh-huh. And what it is is a front tire picks up the, the object, whatever it may be, and throws it into the rear tire. Okay. But that doesn't happen all the time, but that's what normally happens. If it's like a piece of wood, if you're going 40 miles an hour, it picks that up and throws it at the tire at 40, 50 miles an hour instantly. Of course, you're going in the opposite direction that the, the nail or piece of wood's going. Uh-huh. So it hits that tire and it penetrates it. People wonder why things like this happen. That is one of the main reasons you get a tire in the back that had most of your, I would say, in my experience, 75, 80% of the tires that had to be repaired are rear tires. Because the front tire picked it up, threw it into the rear tire. I've seen that so many times. Yeah, you're right. You know, I, I've actually, I never thought of it that way. But yeah, you're right. And this was a rear tire, too. You know, item that went into the tire was coming at it probably as the car was going 40 miles an hour, it was coming in at maybe 60 or 70 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And that's why it penetrates the tire. Wow. Uh, you know, that's pretty good because I was going to say that's, you could you could see pretty good there, Dad, because it's 1,700 miles away. <laughs> yep. yep. That's right. Wow. And see you can that? tell you the nails in front tires, but a lot of times, it, just the way you hit them, and you hit them straight on, you hit them at a lower speed, and they won't get, they won't fly into the rear tire. Mm-hmm. But when you get these, you get quite a few. In my experiences, you get more rear tire repairs in fronts. And but, you sit there saying, now, why in the heck did the front tire run over and get the nail instead of the rear tire? Because the front tire threw it into the rear tire. Wow. But you always patch. Yes, always patch. Never, never plug. Never plug. Under any circumstances, not plug the tire. Those are good good words of advice, Dad. You always do have them. Okay. Thank you, Pam. Well, thank you. Remember, heed my dad's words of experience. All 45-plus years in the automotive industry, always patch, never plug. Another thing that you can do is once a month, you should be checking the air pressure in your tires. When's the last time you've checked yours? Has it been a while? Has it been longer than a month? Make it a good practice that each month, the day you were born, have your tire pressure checked. You can do it yourself or any ASC Blue Seal shop will do it for free. Nobody should ever charge to have the air pressure check and recalculate it on your car. And if you choose to do this yourself, remember you can always find out how much air the front and how much air the rear tires should take by looking at the door sticker in the door jam normally located on the driver's door, and sometimes they have them on the rear door jam. And if you're just tuning in, welcome to Car Care for the Clueless on webtalkradio.net. Remember, you can always catch up on our past episodes in the archives section of Web Talk Radio. Just look under Archives and Car Care for the Clueless, 
you can catch up to where we're at at this time. Today we've been talking about whether to patch or plug a flat tire with 45-year-plus automotive veteran Jerry Oaks. Yes, my dad. My dad's joining us this week. We're going to be reading an email letter regarding one issue, and it turned out to be a completely opposite situation. Also, Peter Sudak, our gadget guru, will be back with another economically priced gadget for your vehicle. And of course, we're going to have our service bulletins. Let's see if your vehicle or a friend or family member's vehicle is included in this week's bulletin selection. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, this one's pretty interesting. We have an email letter here from Michael. And Michael states that while he was driving his vehicle... The brake light illuminated on his dash, and the ABS light illuminated on his dash. Well, Michael, being a very wise man, decided not to really drive his car too much further and had a checkout, again a wise man, by an ASC Blue Seal shop. And the answer that they gave him to the problem was one that he wasn't expecting. They told him that his alternator was beginning to fail. I can totally agree with all the information that he gave me. This does occur. The alternator is the powerhouse for all your electrical components on your vehicle. And this includes your dash lights, your command for your air conditioning, your radio while the vehicle is running. All the sensors and actuators on the vehicle depend upon the power, the little power plant, that alternator, to keep things rolling. When the alternator begins to fail, it will start doing goofy things. Like in Michael's case, setting the ABS and the brake light aglow on his dash. And it's at that point where he was a very intelligent person to seek help. And while seeking help, think of the money that he saved himself. Had he let it go, he could have ruined his battery because then after the alternator doesn't want to perform anymore, the battery tries to take over, which it cannot because it's not being regenerated by the alternator. And that can only go so far. So there's the price of a battery. Batteries go for, what, $79 to $99 for the least expensive ones nowadays. Oh, and then there's installation. Mm, about 15 to 30 minutes installation. There's uh, some labor time there, folks, and that all cost as well. And had he let it go even farther... He would have been paying for a tow bill, and tow bills for under five miles usually can range between $55 and $75, and I know I'm being very, very economically minded when I'm saying this. So altogether, he just saved himself about $300 in repairs because he reacted very quickly to a situation that remained simple, remained basic, and you know what? So it took an hour out of his day, or maybe two, versus the time he would have to wait for a tow truck, the time he'd have to wait to have the vehicle repaired, the time he'd have to wait to if he had to have the battery adjusted, if it was a newer battery. I mean, just look at the cost and time and his wallet alone. So he was very wise in what he had done, but yes, uh, the alternator can create the brake light and the ABS light and sometimes the security light. And sometimes it will trigger the airbags. You'll see the little person with down your dash. And these are all false codes. And this is because 
that the alternator, the little power plant of the vehicle, cannot keep up. It gets tired. Alternators in the past used to be between 50, 60, 70 amps. And they were quite large. They're larger than your hand. And they also had a voltage regulator inside of there. And that's exactly what it does, regulates the voltage. And that voltage regulator used to be made out of ceramic, like your coffee cup. Today, they have little power plants in there, your alternator, between 110 amps, 120, 140 amps. They're half the size. They're stuck in the engine somewhere, pretty tight amongst everything else. Well, you know, last time you popped the hood, you looked in there, you probably shut it down because it was just too much chaos to absorb all at once, I'm sure. But, you know, it's tucked in there. There's no air movement like on cars that used to be running around. And that voltage regulator, exactly what it does, regulates the voltage. It's made out of plastic, folks. That's right. So how much heat and abuse and use do you think this little plastic voltage regulator is going to sustain before it fails? I know. Michael, you're a smart man in stopping taking care of the situation, saving yourself literally hundreds of dollars in extra labor that you didn't need and a part, meaning a battery, and your tow. So uh, good job on your part. Now it's time for our gadget guru again, Peter Sudak, with another economically priced gadget for your vehicle. Today, Peter's got something that kind of correlates with what my pop was talking about with flat repair and tire inflation. So not to give anything else away, let's give Peter a call, shall we? Hey, how you doing, Peter? Good, Pam. How about yourself? Good. So, uh, we're almost through summer vacation, but um, we have a few more weeks left. What do you have for our listeners today? Well, we have a different version of the portable air compressor that we were talking about a few weeks back. Yeah. And uh, this one actually is programmable. You don't even have to read the gauge. Um, really? You can actually type in the numbers of the air pressure that you want uh-huh. and then turn it on. It'll fill up the tires to what air pressure you have set and then it stops. And then you can go to the next tire and do it that way. You don't even have to read the gauge. Just program the numbers and that's it. You gotta be kidding me. Absolutely not. Well, I don't think it can get any easier than that. Well, it, you would think so, yes, but I'm sure there's <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a couple people out there who probably still have problems with it, but yeah, that's a lot easier than what they got now. Wow. That's that's pretty unique. And so well you'd have to really pay attention because if your front tires and your rear tires have different PSI, you'd have to pay attention to that of course, but Yes, that's correct. You got to make sure you get the right pressures front and rear. Just look on the sticker on the door jam of the car so you can program it to do the fronts and then change it for the rears or vice versa. If they're all the same, just set it once and you can do all four tires and that's it. So where can you get these? Um, you can get them online. You can get them at the big box stores. Uh, cost on them is roughly around $80. You know, that's not too bad. No, for something that's programmable and just makes it, you know, that much easier, that's that's not too bad, no. No, and you know, if you actually use it, you're going to save money in gasoline, 
And you're going to be saving money on tires because you're going to have them properly inflated. So I guess it'd pay for itself, wouldn't it? It'd pay for itself, yeah, basically. But the whole thing is getting yourself to get out and check the air pressure once a month like you're supposed to. That's if right. If you don't feel like doing it, uh, you don't need to buy this product. Just stop by a certified shop who's got good tire people working there mm -hmm. and they'll be happy to check your air pressure just swing by once a month you know if you don't feel like doing it yourself we can do it for you yeah and, we tell everybody to pick their birthday the day yeah. they're born on and have that as the day to look at your car every month i talk to a lot of people tell them to swing by once a month checking air pressure and a lot of people go oh that's an awful lot and like well i ask them do you want to save money on your tires and keep them inflated properly or do you want to wear them down and start forking out money for tires and that's right they kind of look at me and say yeah you're right that's a pretty good idea and i've got a lot of people do that once a month they're in there that's like good clockwork. and if you can't make it to the shop you have this portable programmable air compressor for your tires yes wow so if, what are they going to think you, of next yeah if you can't make it there you can buy the compressor and do it yourself if you're you know if you got a little bit of car savvy you don't you know you don't have to be ASC master technician operate this contraption, but the um, you know you just gotta plug in the numbers and that'll work for you. Well, wow, thanks, Peter. That's pretty unique. Yeah, that was a pretty cool little gadget. That uh, you know, it's something else you can take on your trip as well if you're taking mm -hmm. the last minute vacation. I know school's getting started at least down here anyway. Yeah, and. That's another thing. Instead of the other portable compressor we mentioned a few weeks back, you, uh -huh. can, you can take this one along with you as well, and you know Great. you can charge it up as well. Well, and, thank you. Well, thank you for having me again. Well, I, I enjoy this every week. It's, oh yes, it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. Everybody learns something each week. That's right. No matter what. Well, that's the, doing that's this for the goal. decades. You keep on learning. That's right. Hopefully, we'll teaching somebody something new every every week. Hopefully, that's our goal. Well, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, thanks for having me on again. Thank you. Take care. Okay. And just when I didn't think it could get any easier for the consumer to check their tires, Peter always brings up these amazing gadgets for us to try out, and here's another one. Well, moving on, we're going to go and visit our Trouble Service Bulletin section. And this week we have a couple, like we were explaining before, sometimes... If you're a second, third, or fourth owner of a vehicle, you may or may not receive these bulletins. It's like I said before, one of our customers had a five-year-old car and none of the bulletins were performed, and that included three of the recalls. So our first one is going to be for Hyundai. Hyundai has a recall out, and it's regarding the fuel pump. For those who have Hyundai Elantra's 2008 with a 2.0 liter engine, they actually uh, have a recall out for the fuel pump, which the vehicle had been stalling or stuttering or just not really giving the performance. Well, Hyundai wants these fuel pumps back. They've tried to get a hold of the 65,000 owners of these 2008 Hyundai Elantras with a 2.0. If you happen to have one of these and you're not sure if the service has been performed or not, please get a hold of Hyundai. We have the phone number and the vehicle recall campaign ID number, and we also have the phone number for the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration hotline. 
all for your Hyundai, all for this fuel pump on the 2008 Elantra's 2.0 liter engine. And they are on our homepage of webtalkradio.net, Car Care for the Clueless. This week's episode, it will show the campaign number and both phone numbers for Hyundai, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration hotline. So if you have any questions, contact either Hyundai or the National Hotline, and they'll be more than happy to help. Next on our list is for all you Chrysler owners. That includes Chrysler, Dodge, and Jeep. They are having difficulties on some of their vehicles filling the fuel tank. That's right. When you go to the gas station, you go to put gas in your vehicle, sometimes it's difficult. Well, it's nothing that you're doing. They actually have an issue with this. And this is included again on Dodge, Chrysler, and Jeep products. And it starts from 2004 up through 2009. Again, the bulletin number and phone numbers will be on our homepage on webtalkradio.net for this week's episode. And please, if you're having a difficulty or Even if you're not and you want to make sure that your vehicle is not part of this campaign, please give them a call. It doesn't hurt and it only takes a few moments out of your time. And you know what? You may be solving an issue that you didn't even know you had. We want to all be safe out there and this is a good place to start. So give them a call. Again, that is going to be for Dodge, Chrysler, and Jeep. Wow, I don't know where the half hour is gone, but it's that time again to uh, wrap things up. And again, I thank my pop, Jerry Oaks, for passing along his 45 years plus automotive experience. And of course, Peter Sudak, our gadget guru. We look forward to hearing from him next week again. And our email writers, and of course, all of you listeners. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Without you, we wouldn't be here. And a special thanks to Jasper Engines and Transmissions, 100% associate-owned. And again, I put them in my customers' cars, and it wouldn't go in my customers' car if I wouldn't put it in my mom's. And everyone knows if mom's not happy, nobody's happy. So I look forward to talking with you again next week regarding car care issues and bulletins and our email question of the week and, of course, Peter coming back. And the whole idea is to keep you on the road safely and as economically as possible. Again, this is Pam Oaks, your host of Car Care for the Clueless. If you're interested in purchasing my book, Car Care for the Clueless, or, or how you can make money while maintaining your vehicle, it's available on our website, carcareforthecluelist.com. It's all one word. Or our shop's website, pamsmotorcity.net. It's available in paperback for your Kindle, for your digital media. You can just download it and learn. Because that's the whole idea behind the show is for you to learn to become a savvy car care consumer. Until next week, take care.